The best rugby insight and analysis. OTB Sports Rugby. They don't look like the All Blacks. They're not playing like the All Blacks. They're barely clinging on. They never really looked like they would win Test 2 or 3. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. Welcome along to the second hour of tonight's Off the Ball. It is time for us to look forward to the latest jaunt to Jeddah, which is this weekend, Usyk up against Joshua once again. Ronan Mullen is with me. We're going to be joined by boxing journalist Declan Taylor and also Irish boxer Eric Donovan in a moment. But Ronan, to set the scene on this one, Usyk very comprehensively wins the title away from Joshua. Very, very impressive last time around to become heavyweight champion of the world. And the pressure is now on Joshua, not just with this fight, but probably for the course of the rest of his career, because there's so much uncertainty about the other belts within this division because of Tyson Fury's situation. And Wilder's obviously hanging around there as a potential mandatory challenger along the way, too. This is a huge heavyweight bout in Saudi Arabia this weekend. Yeah, and like rematches through the annals are the lifeblood of boxing and have made for some of the the all-time classics. But in this instance, where the narrative of an upset uh, looms over the first fight and like nominally it would have been an upset in that Joshua was the known name in the general public. But for those in boxing circles, Usyk has been an esteemed commodity for a long time. Obviously, a really dominant amateur, brilliant cruiserweight. The only doubt around him when he stepped up to fight Joshua in those terms was size mm-hmm. and that became very clear early on that that wasn't going to be a factor whether that was down to Joshua's tactics we can explore with the lads in a minute but basically the parallel which we were drawing earlier with the Ruiz fight it is quite different in terms of the dynamic where that was an upset a bolt from the blue and Joshua was able to arrest that in the rematch whereas he goes into this rematch as the underdog once again with a lot at stake I think um, in terms of his profile and um, in boxing circles and beyond so yeah and a lot has changed in terms of he's changed his trainer will there be a change of approach you've got the Saudi element of it all you've got all that's going on with Usyk in in his camp um, both professionally and personally so yeah lots of intrigue around this one yeah lots of intertwined stories as well Eric Donovan at the moment is getting ready for his own title fight in Belfast next month but he's taking time out to have a chat to us in the show and we can chat to Eric about uh, your own preparations in a little bit but just to take up Ronan's point there Eric about uh, what went wrong for Joshua last time round against Usyk or maybe the better way to frame the question what did Usyk do right to win the title yeah I suppose um it's one of those questions that uh, a lot of people ask, what happened to Joshua, you know, or, um, you know, it was kind of, it reminds me of the time, it reminds me of the time when Floyd Mayweather boxed uh, Conor McGregor. The amount of people that actually stopped me on the street and say, Conor McGregor is going to smash Mayweather and he's going to, he's going to, he's going to outbox Mayweather and you're going to, you know, and, some of these people are just kind of, I'm just thinking, of what are they watching? What are they thinking? Some of the boxing purists, um, you know, know exactly how good music is. And we've watched him, and I boxed with him on the international scene. I've also boxed with AJ on the international scene as well. And the truth is, Will, that he just came up against somebody that was just far superior than him in so many different areas, in so many different departments. And and we saw that on the night. Like the only advantage or strength we kind of that was in AJ's favor was his size and his power. But it's one thing having that size and having the power. But if you can't hit your target in front of you, if you can't hit what's in front of you, then it's you know you're going to come unstuck. And that's what happened. He came unstuck in the end. 
Yeah, like I felt Eric, he was technically outclassed by Usyk last time out, and Usyk made it a very difficult fight for him. And so many of the shots that Joshua tried to land were missing on the night. What would Joshua have to do differently in Jeddah on Saturday night if he's to actually get a comeback win here? Well, he's going to have to land a shot, you know. So he's going to have to put uh, Usyk up. Like he's probably going to have to start landing some shots to the body um, and to try and slow Usyk down. Um, he's going to have to throw punches and bunches and maybe if he misses at one or two, he catch him with the third or fourth, you know. And he, I think he'll also have to, um, he'll also have to take more risks, you know. There, there, there is going to be an element of, you know, uh, throwing the kitchen sink at him in, in this fight. And I, I get the feeling from listening to the interviews uh, from AJ's camp that, and and even listening to Eddie Hearn and Frank May and these guys predicting an AJ KO, um, that kind of tells me that Joshua's going to go all out guns blazing. But there's a danger to that. That's a very risky business because if he Joshua is a big man, six foot six, he's going to be weighing very heavy as well. When he exerts that type of energy, where he's going for the kill or he's going for the knockout, you know. It, it, he can really empty his tank and he can gas out. So he can't really be too reckless, careless either because AJ or Usyk is the type of so calculated, so clever and cute. Him and Lomachenko are just, they're like both matrix, matrix of the game. They they watch everything, they collect data and they're just, they're just always one or two steps ahead of you. Um, so he has to be very, very careful in how he approaches this uh, this fight. But but I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if Joshua comes up like, look, Joshua has knocked out Klitschko, Carlos Takam, Povetkin, Ruiz, Pulev, Dillian White. Like he's got twenty two knockouts in his in his record. So he is a he is a beast, like, you know, he has the power and he has the the force. The only problem is it's landing on that sweet spot with Usyk because Usyk is so good at movement in the ring. But if Joshua can land it, then it doesn't matter what who you are, you're going to feel it. And Usyk, if he gets caught on the chin, on the button by Joshua, he's going to feel it too. But I'm not convinced that he will be able to do that. Yeah, we've got boxing journalist Declan Taylor with us as well. And Declan, does that frame the fight nicely? That you've got... In Usyk, a heavyweight who moves like a cruiserweight, and Joshua, who's a heavyweight who should have that knockout power about him, and it's going to be intriguing to see whether Joshua can actually get his hits through to do the damage he's probably going to require if he's going to get the belts back here. Yeah, I think that's that's about the long and short of it. But then again, it was in the first fight as well, and it's not how it played out. I feel like Usyk is so unbelievably talented and also so well versed in in boxing big orthodox guys that's what he's done his whole life that he knows how to handle that so whereas joshua never ever until that night in tottenham had never boxed anyone anything like alexander usik he'd boxed southpaws before he'd been stopped by one in the amateurs but it's a, t- a totally different ball game with with usik so i'm i'm with eric that i feel that joshua has always got a chance of knocking someone out in any fight but i feel like he's got a puncher's chance and it's it sounds quite reductive but in this fight, I see he's got a puncher's chance. If anything, I think Usyk could get a stoppage in this fight because he's not a big concussive puncher who knocks guys out clean, although he kind of did to Tony Bellew, to be fair. But he's more a uh, volume puncher from weird angles, 
absolutely exhaust his opponent, wears him down, and then might take him out late. All his stoppages are sort of eight, nine, tenth round. And if Joshua really does get on the front foot and try and knock him out, he might exert so much so much energy that by the seventh, eighth, ninth, he's absolutely knackered. And like Eric alluded to there, he's a big old boy. He's got to carry a lot of weight around. I feel like he gets worn down in this fight and he could well get stopped in the later rounds. Usyk nearly had him out of there in the 12th in Tottenham. I feel like he's going to want to make a big statement because of he's left the war zone in his country. This means a lot to him. He, he even arranged for everyone in Ukraine to watch his fight, be able to watch his fight for free. I think he's going to get go out there and walk Joshua down and try and knock him out. That's what I think. So I, I don't think it's as simple as boxer against puncher. I think Usyk's arriving in this, in this fight wanting to do damage. Yeah, like I would echo that as well. And you got the sense, not that Usyk's ever short on confidence, but he had prescribed tactics going into the Joshua fight of, of outboxing the bigger man. But you could see visibly in his how his eyes were lighting up that he sensed an opportunity to get the stoppage and possibly, as as Declan said there, could it close the show? But if he had maybe poured it on earlier, he almost certainly would have. So if he starts with that same ethic this time around, I think it'd be very interesting and it could could be looking at an earlier finish. Declan, I know something that was mooted around the after the Ruiz loss and it seems to be floating around Joshua's professional career at large is the notion of changing trainers and he has actually pulled the trigger in that regard this time. Robert McCracken has been with him through that Olympic success and professional success thus far. But he's gone with Robert Garcia and I'm just intrigued to know like there was a lot of potential replacements mooted around that time. He seemed to do the rounds, stay at side, but what do you think Garcia is going to bring to the table and will that have a, any sort of discernible impact at the weekend? I mean, that's one of the big intangibles in this fight. It's hard to say. It's it's kind of interesting that he chose Garcia because like you say, he did the rounds. He saw Ronnie Shields. He saw Eddie Reynoso. He saw everyone. Um, and he chose Garcia. Obviously, the idea, you know, Robert Garcia got a lot of Mexican fighters People like Marcus Maidana, you know, aggression and and Bam Rodriguez, of course, one of the best in the world at the moment. A lot of aggressive fighters who, who try and go in there and looking for knockouts. So in the, the sort of most simple terms, that seems to be what he's looked for. He's gone, right, who can help me knock this guy out? How much can he implement in this short, reasonably short camp? Not sure. He's still got Angel Fernandez in there from sort of the old camp. Has he, has he already got too many voices in there? He's got Fernandez on one one hand. You've got Garcia coming in as a sort of new body. He hasn't got McCracken in the corner for the first time, like you say, since he was an amateur. You know, like he's been with him the whole time. And that's not to say that he shouldn't, it was wrong to get rid of him because they'd obviously reached a point where the, the trust had gone. He said, he claims that McCracken in the corner during the first fight wasn't telling him that he was behind, wasn't telling him you need to get a knockout, wasn't telling him you're about to lose your titles. It was more keep doing what you're doing. So then he's gone, well, I have to get rid of him then because I can't trust him anymore. So it makes a lot of sense. But is Garcia the right man? Garcia seems to be licking his lips at the fact that Joshua was so big in, compa- in comparison to Usyk, just going, my guy's massive. This is basic boxing, big, good, big, and beats a good little. And But I don't think it's as simple as that in this fight. What Garcia is really good at is 60 seconds. In the, and Eric will know this. The, the 60 seconds that you've got, really more like 50 once you've sat down and once you've got the, the stool back out, a trainer can make or break a, a, that little that little time, that little spell. And I feel like Garcia is one of the best in the business of saying the right things and not saying too much, just saying the right things, saying this is what you need to do in this round, go and do it. Whether Joshua listens to it, whether it works is another matter, but he's definitely got a good man in that regard. 
Eric, can you tell us a bit about that process then? I mean, in the case of Josh Weir, you're talking about a decade plus relationship and then making that change when you feel that that's what's required to take yourself back to the next level and to get himself back at the top of the mountain again. I mean, it's about a year ago you had made the decision to change around your training team as well. Can you just speak to us a bit about that experience of, you know, maybe deciding that you have to make that change and how difficult it is to actually maybe move on from a group of people you were working with before? Yeah, I, I actually remember reading up on the report afterwards uh, from the Usyk uh, Joshua first fight and um, about how Rob McCracken was, you know, sending, giving, giving Joshua signals in the in in the fight to say that you know you're you're in this fight, everything's going well. I didn't hear it at the time, even though we watched it because I was on my stag and we were all, we were all in the we were all in this room and it was in the middle of COVID lockdown as well. But there was this pub in Galway that allowed us into a room and we watched it on a big screen but we couldn't hear what was going on between the rounds but no look Declan's right like if the trust breaks down in the corner you do need to bring in you know you do need to change and sometimes a change is needed and it's a it's not a bad thing it's a good thing it's a positive thing um I know he I know he done the rounds as Declan said and he he, he had a few trials with different coaches um but Robert Garcia is a very good coach, but he is that aggressive type, you know, type of coach. Look at the fighters that he's had, Mike Dana, Mikey Garcia, you know, we're talking about Bam Bam, Donair. They're all aggressive type fighters. He's trained a lot of world champions. So he knows this, he knows boxing and he's been there himself as well. So he has that kind of the insight as well, because he, he's been there at the top level in, in his own career. Um, but it just, I just get the, I just think that, like, it's very, very difficult to bring in somebody to solve a puzzle like Usyk or a puzzle like Lomachenko. Do the Lomachenko and Usyk are from the same school of boxing, you know, and uh, nobody else could do it. Nobody else could break them down in the international scene. So I think one training camp is going to be very is too short amount. It's too short a length of time to be able to expose. Uh, Usyk or find the blueprint to uh, to make that difference. But having said that, I, and listening to Robert Garcia's interviews, I do get the feeling that he's really up for this, the, the you know the prospect of this fight, um, and he does really back AJ's power and strength. And we said that 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 is something that he has that Usyk doesn't have that one punch concussive power and the force behind it and. You know, Garcia said, like, you know, AJ has insane power, you know. So I suppose he will be trying to, I suppose, guide AJ in the fight where he can put him in positions uh, through movement or through different scenarios in the fight where he can actually land those shots. He'll probably be, I'm pretty sure he'll probably be telling Joshua to aim for the chest because in the first fight, Joshua was punching a lot of, a lot of his shots were towards Usyk's head and Joshua has a good height advantage you know uh, but when you're punching towards someone's head the head is the smallest target on the body uh, you know and Usyk is a very good he- head mover bob and weave and moving he just sees everything so if you're aiming for the chest that's a bigger wider area and if Usyk does that little crunching little crunching style that he does from time to time and the little bob and weave left and right um, you know, I think he'll have a better chance of landing some shots. And it doesn't matter if they land cleanly on the on the chin. If they're landing on, like if Joshua's hitting you and he's touching you up on the shoulders, on the chest and the body, 
in the in the solar plexus. All of these punches will, you know, have a taxing um, effect on 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 Usyk, and they will help Joshua as the rounds go on. But if he goes all out guns blazing, then I do I do fear for uh, his longevity in the fight, and I think I think Usyk will will take him out. Declan, it's a very different dynamic going into this one too, because last time around there was so much expectation on Anthony Joshua selling out Tottenham's new stadium and it's a home fight and it was meant to be the next step towards that huge all-British title fight that was going to happen with Tyson Fury and that was the road it seemed everything was going down. And then Usyk provides a complete road bump and destroys all of those narratives and everything else. This time around... It's different for Usyk, though, isn't it? Because it's not like he's going in against the guy who's so heavily favoured. Now, probably people are more aware and more respectful, both of Usyk's position, but also the turmoil of the last six months within his own personal life, like going back to help out in Ukraine as part of the Russian invasion of the country, the kind of the weight of a nation sitting on him. He's made this available, as you mentioned, on YouTube for free within Ukraine by buying the rate, the um, rights to the fight himself. There's all sorts of different pressures maybe on Usyk that weren't there the last time around where he was going in as the unfancied fighter in London. Absolutely. You're absolutely hitting the nail on the head. And I feel like that is the one big question mark in this fight is that has my initial thought when this fight was made and it was, you know, agreed that Usyk would leave the war and would go to Poland for his training camp and this fight would happen. My initial thought was that's terrible news for Joshua because you've got a guy who's leaving an active war zone to go and have a boxing match. It's like, it's easy. That's easy compared to what he was having to deal with in at home. He's not going to leave a war zone and, and be overawed in any way or in any way troubled by the fight with someone who was already beaten comprehensively. But then when you really think about it, he's got his family, you know, his family and friends, people he knows are there right now, like fighting in a war. His friends of his are in hospital, you know, all, all this sort of stuff. And he's keeping update, up to date with it every day like when we spoke to him at the press conference in london it was one of by far the best i best is probably the wrong word but the most memorable sit down i've ever done with a boxer some of the stuff he was saying was was just out of this world like something from a film and you wonder what effect that will have on him i feel like it's going to galvanize him and i feel like he's wired slightly differently to most humans clearly and i feel that it's not something that's going to trouble him if anything it would do the opposite um, I feel that he's going to grow from the first fight. Um, so instead of feeling pressure as the favourite, because let's not forget, it's probably the first fight ever Joshua has gone into as an underdog as a professional, even the, even the Klitschko fight. So that's different for him. But I feel like Usyk turning up as the favourite is not a problem for him. I feel like that was the first real world-level elite heavyweight he's he's boxed. So that he might have had little question marks about how do I actually deal with these massive guys? And he'd done a number on Joshua. So he would have grown from that. He would have, for want of a better phrase, downloaded that data from Joshua and he's going to rock up in Jeddah knowing exactly what he needs to do to win the fight. There's no there's no question marks for him. So I feel that he's going to be better, actually, in this first fight. But will the, all the stuff, the emotional turmoil, will that take a toll on him? My feeling is it doesn't. But if on Sunday and we're sort of assessing the smoke's clearing and we're assessing that he's been beaten... I'm sure that would be one of the main things is how can he really have this fight when everything has happened at home. My feeling is it galvanises him, but you just never know. Hmm. Ronan, where does the heavyweight division sit at the moment, though, given that this week, once again, Tyson Fury has put up a social media post which indicates, no, no, I'm not coming back. I'm definitely retired. Believe me this time, I'm definitely gone. You'd wait and see the situation with Wilder as well. Like, there's a pretty wide open picture right now. 
Yeah, it's it's something of a leverage play from Fury, like the notion that I think it's all but accepted that he's probably not retired, but if he's going to fight the winner of this fight, for example, it's going to be worth his while, essentially. And I think the, the, the smart money would be on an eventual fight between the winner of this and Fury. And also the notion that a fury Joshua fight irrespective of the result of the weekend could just be left on the table I think there's just too much money there and that will inevitably come to pass regardless of what Joshua's record stands at by that stage like the, the irrefutable top dog in the division is Tyson Fury his resume in the last couple of years has borne that out I think many people would have probably held that opinion even before he put together those wins over Wilder but like it, it will be interesting to what the lads are saying there where the result on Saturday leaves things because like most things in life at the moment, you can't seem to have a middle ground opinion on Anthony Joshua, whereby he's either on one side, a hype job that never really had the merit behind him. This is an Olympic gold medalist who obviously like... Had like I almost feel almost since the Olympics, people go down in two camps, yeah. totally polarised. Either he is a weightlifter who is boxing and is being protected with the fights that he's had, mm. or he's this fantastic boxer, maybe the most interesting heavyweight to watch since Muhammad Ali. And there seems to be very little middle ground between the two positions. Yeah, well, hugely polarising opinions on him always has been. And like the Olympic gold medal is there. People can't refute that. They might refute the the path he got to that medal. We don't have to go over ancient history. It's 10 years ago. But I suppose in his professional record, his first world title against Charles Martin, it was a quote unquote easy, easy one if there is such a thing in, in world title level. And then... His CV, in my opinion, does stack up. Like he's he's boxed some really good contenders, and like the win against Vladimir Klitschko. That was the seminal moment. Yeah, like I know Klitschko, who on the face of it was past his best, but turned up in a big way on that occasion and really pushed Joshua all the way. And it was, as you said, seminal moment. But the the loss to Ruiz took the air out of the balloon a little bit. The loss to Usyk, the surgical clinical nature of it as well in a packed Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, it was. The tables were almost turned Rocky style and the crowd were, uh, you know, appreciative of what Ustik put on display there. But I suppose from Declan's perspective, like, does a loss on Saturday, in I suppose in the broad or mainstream opinion of Joshua rather than those in boxing circles, because that's probably a separate question, but how will Joshua, how is he perceived at the moment in the mainstream British sporting landscape and what would a, another loss of the weekend do to that reputation, I suppose? It's a funny one, really, because... You, when you talk about boxing fans and boxing circles, it's quite a small, closed shop, isn't it? It's hardcore fans and casual fans, so to speak. So a lot of people really didn't know a lot about Usyk when he turned up and beat beat Joshua last year, really, like casual fans. And at the same time, if he loses again, yeah, it's two defeats in a row. But for the average boxing, boxing fan, like average sporting punter, they won't really care that much. And to be honest, if he has six months off and comes back and boxes Joe Joyce or even better, Deontay Wilder or whoever it might be, Dubois, it's still going to make an awful lot of money and lots of people are going to watch it, loads of eyeballs on him. Um, but in the smallest circles, I feel like the damage has been done by Usyk. Um, you know, like you mentioned there, that, that people are always trying to sort of hammer him and that, that this weird sort of polarising opinion that he has. I think that's the same for any big star in any field. Um, if he loses again, he can come back. Whether he wants to is another matter. And, you know, you can imagine as a multi-millionaire who's achieved everything he ever wanted to, who's got everything he never want for anything, his, his family for generations to come are never going to have to want for anything. He finds himself living in a hotel in Loughborough for half his life. And you think, does he really want that anymore? Especially if he loses again. Um, 
I feel like the public opinion, he's he's done the business already in that sense. He's a superstar here, obviously, superstar across the world. So will a defeat dam another defeat damage that even more? I mean, guess I guess I guess so, but I still feel like he could he could come back if he wanted to. Yeah, because I only asked the question because it seems and you can probably explain the the sky to zone dynamics for people who aren't overly familiar on this side of the water, obviously. The zone have signed a lifetime arrangement with Joshua after this fight, but Sky have swooped in and bought the rights for this particular fight. And Johnny Nelson, who's kind of a known face um, for boxing consumers here, obviously through the Sky Sports subscription. You would have called Johnny his hype man here. No, but John, Johnny Nelson seems to be putting undue pressure on Joshua to win at the weekend, suggesting that a loss would basically precipitate his him needing to step away from the sport or whatever. And I just... To what extent, Declan, is that uh, an upshot of the little squabbles that are being had between Matchroom, Sky, Hearn, Nelson? Or uh, do you think Nelson's sincere in that notion that a, like a, a loss on Saturday would be would have a def like a defining impact on Joshua's pursuits in the sport after the weekend? Well, I'm not. I you know Johnny Nelson said some mad stuff over the years, and but that saying that Joshua would have to retire if he loses is not the maddest thing he's ever said. But it's funny because in this day and age, we watch all this play out. These little personal vendettas and vendettas maybe a wrong but a bit harsh, but you know these little squabbles. We watch it on YouTube. It's mad. Like every cough and splutter of these decisions made by non-boxers are able for us all to watch and to see it all unfolding. I do feel that there is a certain sense of irony that he's obviously signed this deal with Dazone. He has shares in Dazone. If he loses this fight, then maybe he never boxes again. So this lifetime deal is so just kind of pointless. Um, Sky have got this, as from what we can understand, the reason it's gone to Sky is because Saudi wanted the the money, the, the fight that they paid all this money for to go on to Sky in this country and not be on zone, not be on a marginalised app that barely anyone's going to watch. You know, if it if it is come down to a sports washing thing, then how are you going to sports wash on zone where no one's got? You're going to sports wash on Sky Sports. So it makes a lot of sense that... But Sky also know that Joshua has no is not connected to them after this fight. So their con continuity with Joshua, they might as well say that if he loses, he's finished because it doesn't matter to them. If he wins, it doesn't matter to him. What they're more interested in, by the looks of things, is Ben Whitaker's on the undercard and he's a Sky fighter. So they're bigging him up. They're not talking about anyone else on the undercard. So it's quite interesting. And to be fair, I think there were a lot of. Um, disappointed people Joshua left Sky and they had such an amazing relationship and they made a lot of money together and it made him a superstar and he did leave for the zone so that's going to hurt a lot of people there I don't know whether it's personal for some of them I'm not so sure but what is obvious is that if he would sign if he had signed for Sky or if he wasn't on a lifetime deal with the zone after this fight I think the narrative might just be slightly different but um you can sort of take from it what you will it's entertainment though isn't it mm. Eric Donovan is joining us part of the chat about uh, the fight in Jeddah this weekend but also Eric your own fight coming up in five weeks time in Belfast you're finally at last getting the chance to go for this EU super featherweight title you've got Khalil Al Hadri of France uh, coming to Belfast to take you on for this and how are the preparations going now a month and a bit out yeah they're going good Will I have to say you know I'm in training camp again I never would have thought I'd be in training camp at 37 years of age uh, when I walked into a boxing club at 7 years of age so here I am 30 years later and I'm still going and still chasing dreams and goals and uh, yeah you know I've, I'm, I'm so so happy that uh, that I finally got the, the shot and to um, I'm delighted and, and, and very grateful to my sponsorship team who won the purse bids, which has given me the chance 
to fight for this title on Irish soil. So, um, yeah, look, we haven't got long left. You know, it's it's coming ticking fast. Uh, it's five weeks from from Saturday night. Tickets are flying out the door. It's only a small capacity arena, about six hundred. Um, it's going to be live on TG Catter as well, so I'm delighted about that. A lot of people will be able to see it, and uh, yeah, it's going to be a good fight. You know, it's going to be a big fight um, for me, and um, you know, I'm 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 ready to get the job done. Will it be a relief to get through the ropes and to actually have the fight? Given that in the last eighteen months or so, between injured opponents, between an injury to yourself, you've had this chance kind of wrestled away from you a few times to actually get in and have the fight. Now will probably be a massive relief as well as a huge opportunity as well. Yeah, of course. Like in May 2021, I had the chance to box for the for the same title against um, uh, Mario Alfano, uh, Italian. And uh, since then, he had, obviously I picked up an injury and I couldn't fulfill that that obligation and, uh, and fight for that title. So I had to pull out um, on medical grounds. But since then, Alfano lost the title and the title has changed hands about three times. So the te- the test back then to now has got a lot more difficult for me. Um, but I would I still wouldn't change it for the world. You know, I, all, all I ever wanted was a shot at this title. I didn't care who had it or or or, or not. And uh, and finally, I've got that chance. And it will be in some ways, it will be a, a little bit of a relief. But um, I suppose the biggest excitement for me will be walking out even though it is a small capacity arena, but 99% of the fans there will be, you know, roaring me on and will be in my corner. So I'm looking forward to that. Look, I know you've got loads of goals and you've spoken previously about the idea of wanting to fight in Newbridge as a European champion if this was to happen. Maybe that's all in the future yet. But at 37 years of age, what would it mean to Eric Donovan to become a professional European champion should it all come through at the end of next month? Oh, it would be amazing. It would mean it would you know it would it would kind of mean that you know I've I've been justified in my re- in my return to the sport after a kind of a a semi retirement a sabbatical kind of for three years that time 2013 to 2016. Even though I was training and doing the odd sparring, I'd given up competing, and um, and then I I obviously returned because I had unfinished business and I had a few unanswered questions. So. To win this title, a continental title, it would definitely be, I would be justified and uh, and I would be content and happy. But also, it opens the door to maybe rolling the dice one more time. And it could be down back in my home county of, 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 of Kildare and it could be in the Punchestown Event Centre. You know, these are possibilities um, that that all await the, the outcome of this, of this match. But for now, I just want to keep my eyes on the prize and get the job done on the 24th. And then, of course, my wife is, she's, uh, yeah. she's due her baby two weeks later as well. So it's all coming at us. You know, um, it's all coming at us. Life is happening very, very fast. But, I was going to know, ask you, Laura was on the TV on TG Carr doing the analysis on the uh, football in Galway last week. And I was trying to just work out. I was like, this has to be a case now of these are almost going to intertwine the fight camp and Laura almost being ready to give birth at the same time. So you've got a stressful month coming up here, Eric. I do, I do, but she's incredible. Like I was look, I was at that game, you know, because I was training in Galway as well, and I was looking at her up in the commentary box doing the co-coms uh, with Carty Bond, and 
And about a minute before half time, she comes flying down the stairs and she's joining the pitch side analysis team for the for the half time analysis and she's back up on the car. I don't know how she does it. Incredible. Uh, it's inspiring, really. But um, no, it's exciting times for us and our, our family will. Yeah, I know. Good, good luck with both of them over the next while. I, I can't but ask you for a prediction for Jeddah this Saturday then, Eric. Who do you reckon is going to come out, Usyk or Joshua? I expect Joshua to bring... I expect Joshua to bring something, to really try something different and go for it. Uh, but I do think that that will be his downfall. And I, I therefore... I just, I just see him coming on stuck, you know. I, I just cannot see him landing that jackpot shot. Um, Usyk is just too, too good, and I, he was growing in that last fight. Usyk was in the in the championship rounds, ten, eleven, twelve. You could see that he was, you know, the glint was in his eye. He was actually, if there was another round in that fight, I think he might have stopped Joshua. So, I, I I'm picking AJ stoppage somewhere around the midways to the mid mid the second half of the fight. Interesting. Declan, what way are you going for this weekend? Yeah, I think Usyk stoppage late, 10, 11, 12 sort of job. Um, I think he'll wear him down. I'm sure Joshua will have his moments, might even knock Usyk down perhaps. I feel like it's going to be a very exciting fight in comparison to the first fight, which was, which was fine. I feel like this one is a different fight altogether. I think Joshua empties the tank and gets stopped, maybe on his feet. That sets it up nicely. Ronan Mullen's going to stay with us for most underrated sporting uh, Irish sports people, um, which is our tentative title for the next piece. Who's going to win, Ronan? Last word for you. I think the lads have summed it up very well there. I would tend to agree. I think there'd be flashpoints on both sides. It's happening in quite a sedate setting. I don't know if Declan was there for the, the Riyadh fight or the George Groves fight in Jeddah, but like not going to be the pomp and circumstance which we saw at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, for example. But I think the fight will live up to the hype. I think Joshua will have some success, but I would anticipate Usyk forcing a stoppage maybe in the mid-rounds. But yeah, definitely worth one more tuning in for, I would say. Hmm, interesting. Gents, thanks a million for joining us. Thanks, guys. Thanks. We'll be back to look at the most underrated Irish sports people in a moment.